right. I'll also be reading James chapter 1 and verse 21 as well. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Amen. James chapter 1 and verse 21 says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, for beholdeth himself, for he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So after reading these scriptures, there are some questions that we could ask ourselves. What are some of the purposes God intended for scripture? That comes from that first passage in 2 Timothy. What are some of the purpose? Well, it's for doctrine. The word of God is for doctrine, which is basically teaching. It's for teaching. It's used for reproof. It's used for correction. And it's used for instruction in righteousness. So the word of God is very purposeful to us. And the scripture intends that we can receive some of these things, some of these purposes that are mentioned in this passage of Scripture. How does the Scripture help us as disciples of Jesus Christ? Well, it helps us. The individual is going to be complete, truly furnished unto all good work. Complete. We're going to be complete. Our walk with God is going to be perfection is another word that is used in the Scripture that means we're complete. It doesn't mean that we've reached the status of perfection, but there is a completeness because we're more, we're more knowledgeable about the Scripture. Uh, we know the Scripture. We've reaped the benefits of the Scripture, and so it's for these purposes, and then that helps us. That helps us become better disciples if we know the Word of God, and if we're going to be co-partners with Him, we must know what His Word says to us and it's the proper nutrients that we should ingest not junk food not junk stuff but the word of god that brings the proper nutrients to us how should we receive the word well according to these scriptures we should receive it with meekness meekness is the word that is used that means humility we should approach the word of god with humility and the word of god can speak to us and if we are humble, it can shape us and it can direct us. What is the promise? What is promised to the doers of the word? This scripture that we're reading, amen, this key element, spending time in God's word. What is spending time in God's word going to do 
for me or for you. You're going to be blessed in what you do. That's what it says. If you're a doer of this work, the individual will be blessed in his deed, meaning the blessings of God are going to be upon your life and direct you. One of the key elements of the scripture that we find in the Bible is Psalm 119, and it talks about this very thing. If you turn to Psalm 119, verse number 9, you're going to see that every single verse in the entire Psalm 119 has to do with the Word of God, the statutes of God, the commandments of God, the ways of God. It's all connected to the Word of God because the psalmist knows that in order to be blessed, in order to be connected to God, i got to stay in His Word. And so the entire Psalm 119 is organized in such a way in sections. It's called an acrostic, but it's in sections to help people memorize, sing, worship. Their minds are focused on the Scripture. So if you look at Psalm 119, verse number 9, right above it, you'll see a mark, and that's the Hebrew alphabet. That's baith. It's the second uh, letter in the Hebrew alphabet, baith. It's organized based on the alphabet. And this is what the psalmist says. And notice how every single verse has to do with the commandment of God or the word of God or the scripture. Verse 9, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wonder from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So in these three verses, his word, his commandments, his word. So I have to make it a priority. And I just want to share with you something that I think is, would be a blessing to you and would be something that is intentional. And that is the first thing that you should do. We are so inundated with uh, media and we wake up in the morning. Our phone more than likely is what's going to wake us up if we set alarms. And so it's going to wake us up. And if we're not careful, we get into a pattern of immediately wanting to see what's going on in the world, what, what's somebody else doing. So social media is a part of that, and the whole news cycle is a part of that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I've just found personally in my own life that if that's the first place that I go, it doesn't set me up very well to then go to the Scripture, and it doesn't set me up well for the day at all. So some of you may have different uh, ways of accessing the scripture, whether it's hard copy. I found recently um, an application on my phone that is very accessible. It's, it's nicely done. It has um, more information that's in it that helps me read. And so what, what I've started to do is the first thing, it's intentional. It's one of those feedback loops. I know that if I pray, I'm making connection with God and I know that that's connected to the Scripture, and the Scripture is connected to prayer. So if I approach my day in the Scripture intentionally, before I pick up my phone and see who's doing what, or, or, or who's saying what, and that can be so depressing sometimes, I spend some time in the Word of God, and I make it the first priority. There is nothing more important than your daily bread, and your daily bread is the Word of God. I would encourage you to make that a discipline not getting up in the morning and looking through all that other stuff, 
I, I, I will later, but my first intention is I want the word of God to speak to me and set me up for my day rather than a bunch of other stuff that can be so disappointing, depressing, and confusing, and, and that's not a good day to tee off your day. That's not good. But when you open the Word of God and you make that connection at the beginning of the day, you're going to be an individual that James says, this man shall be blessed in his deed because you're spending time in the Word of God. So make it a priority. Make it a first thing. Not only do we spend time daily directly reading the Word, but we also spend time meditating and memorizing the Word. So these are disciplines, and they are, they are spiritual feedback loops. They're all connected, and they're all intertwined. And so prayer is important. Scripture is important. So is meditating on the word of God important. And I would include in that meditating, memorizing. It's the same thing. Sometimes you may not have the scripture with you, but you have memorized a verse. You can think upon that verse throughout the day. You can meditate upon that, and it brings strength to you. The biblical teaching of meditation is not practiced much in our fast-paced society. But its benefits are very, very significant. The people of the Old Testament incorporated meditation daily. This was not foreign to them. Scripture was as close to their hearts as the air that they breathe. We'll read a couple of passages of Scripture that tell us that. When we focus on Scripture, we focus on God himself. If I am partnering with God, I need to make a connection with him, but I also need to know what his word says to me. The end result is a nearness to God and a reprieve from this chaotic and fast-paced society. Amen. We live in a fast-paced society. So there are two passages that we want to read to examine those introductory comments about meditation. Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 8. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. The Old Testament recipients of the Scripture, this was just like the air that they breathed. We need to follow that same pattern. It needs to be as important to us as the air that we breathe. And then the next passage is Psalm 1. Psalm 1, Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of God, and in his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree. Here's that feedback loop. This is ecological feedback loops, but it's also spiritual feedback loops. This illustration 
is using the ecological to describe the spiritual. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So after reading these two passages, there are some questions that we should ask. What is the main purpose and benefit of meditating on God's word? In both of these passages, as well as in James, it's very clear that your way, your way is going to be prosperous and there's going to be good success in your life because the scripture is directing you and guiding you. And that's the promise of the word of God. Your way is going to be good success. Your way is going to be prosperous when you make the connection of meditating on the word of God. In contrast to the ungodly, the believer delights in what? That's a key word, delights in what? The believer delights in your law or in your word. The believer delights in the scripture. That's in contrast to the ungodly. The ungodly are going to try their best to tear down the scripture. They're going to do their best to marginalize the scripture, lampoon the scripture, make fun of the scripture. But for those of us that are wanting to make a connection with God, this is the air that we breathe. And it's what makes us prosperous and have good success. Scripture compares those meditating on God's word to what? Well, it describes a tree planted by rivers of water, bringing forth fruit. And so there is a system that is connected there, organic systems. And spirituality is much in the same way. What are some major obstacles then to meditation? I've already mentioned social media. And I've already mentioned busyness fast-paced busyness, and I've mentioned intentionality. No intention is an obstacle. One of the assignments that I had when I was going to school in uh, Pasadena, California, one of the classes had to do with journaling. I'd never done much journaling. Hope Corps, the ITWs, when you send the students home uh, or to bed at night at curfew, they're supposed to uh, take out a journal. And they're supposed to write some things down, what they felt God was speaking to them, what God was saying to them. And sometimes it's not even at the end of the day. If there was a powerful move of God in one of the lectures or something, uh, maybe even devotion, if it was powerful enough and you knew that God really, really connected with uh, the students, you'd send them right back to the dorms and you would say, take a half an hour and, and write some things down that God spoke to you, what you feel like God is uh, speaking to you. Because there's a connection there, and you want to write that down. You want to meditate on that. You want to think about that. Not just jump up, take off, and go, and here we go again. But you want to consider that, think about that. Um, this is what meditation should be. And so journaling was foreign to me. And they've incorporated that into Hope Corps, and I, I think it's a good thing because it allows a student sometime down the road to take that back out and look at what God spoke to them in their experience in their intensive training week. But this was foreign to me. I, I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> I'd never done anything like that. And so the assignment was this. Go find a park in Pasadena and find a bench and sit down and for half an hour sit there and meditate and let God speak to you and then journal and write about it. 
Well, I can tell you that I, I found a park, and I was already thinking in my mind, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I've got other things to do. I've got papers to write. I've got other assignments. I've got to drive back home, uh, hour and 40 minutes. I've got things I've got to do when I get home. And so I'm already, and my mentality is already an obstacle. And I find the place, and I sit down, and I sit there, and it was difficult because I had all these other things going through my mind, and, and you know, I can't do this, and this is crazy, and why am I sitting here in silence? And then I realized that's the whole point. That was the whole point to the exercise. To sit there, to get away from, I mean, we, we get up in the morning and we're like, we're, we're running so fast, doing so much. We don't have time. When we do sit down, there's so much stuff going into our heads that it's, it's not a moment of meditation. It's a moment of all the things we got to do and where we've got to be and what we've got to do. And our life is filled with this frantic kind of pace. And we get up in the morning and go to bed and we just do this thing over and over and over. And to finally sit myself down and, and actually follow the scripture that says, be still and know that I am God. And to sit there and eliminate all that other stuff. And then just focus on making a connection and listening for God, something foreign to me. I was raised in the church, and I never experienced that. Meditation is, is getting yourself in a place and listening to God. And there are so many obstacles to that. I'm not talking about transcendental meditation. That's an Eastern form of meditation where somehow you're supposed to empty your mind and conjure up things from deep within. This is much different. Biblical meditation is meditating on the Word of God. It's putting into your mind the Scripture. This is filling our minds with the Word of God. This is one of the reasons why biblically-based songs are so powerful because songs are usually three to four minutes long and there's a hook and, and, and popular worldly songs will put a hook in your mind that, that has to do with a lot of things. But if it is an, an artist that has got an ability to write lyrics from a biblically based thing, it will put things into your mind that you will repeat in your head. This song that we sang here tonight is a song that has an opening hook that, that it's hard to get away from it. All my hope is in Jesus. All of a sudden, I'm finding myself singing that opening phrase over and over and over. There's another song that uh, I've just recently come across that, that one of the opening lines is, I will lift my eyes to the hills. Well, that's a scripture. Psalm 121, verse 1, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. I will lift my eyes to the hills. And so that stays in my mind. Well, that is a form of meditation. I'm putting into my mind things that are valuable. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 and hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So prayer is connection, communication with God. Spending time in the scripture is important because it's connected to prayer. And then meditating on the word of God is also connected. These are all connected. 
They're spiritual feedback loops that connect to a spiritual discipline in our life that helps us become prosperous, that helps us become successful, that helps us be like what, be different than the rest of the world that's fragmented, frazzled, worried about stuff, no purpose, no direction. God anchors us in something deeper when we take intention to make sure that we are in partnership with him and we're connecting with him. And the last thing here, uh, this last discipline is cultivating a commitment to worship. Now, corporate worship is very important. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves. But this kind of worship, I'm not, I'm not really referring to corporate worship. It is a part of coming to the house of God. It is important to us. But worshiping God in every area of our lives, you worship based on what you do in your everyday living. It says something about your co-partnership with God. Who are you partnered up with? Who are you linked up with? Who are you connected to? Our relationship with God is characterized by devotion or worship to him. Every part of our lives should reflect how he has transformed us and should give honor to him. Every part of our life should give honor to God. We demonstrate this worship in our words to him, in our decisions to him, and in our conduct. This is the true meaning of worship. See, if you come to the house of God and you say, I'm coming to worship, and then you leave the house of God, and then your, your decisions and your conduct and your words are left only here in the sanctuary, when we are gathered together, you have missed what worship is. Worship is the totality of your life, and it should give honor to God. So there are a couple of verses that we want to look at that helps us understand this more. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 21. We'll read two passages. They're both from the book of Ephesians. One verse uh, grouping of verses in chapter 4 and 1 and 5. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21. Ephesians 4, verse 21. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which is after God, created in righteousness and true holiness. And then Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 15, right across the page. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So after reading these two passages of Scripture, there's some questions that we should ask ourselves. If we have believed on Jesus, 
What should we do away with? Well, according to this passage of Scripture, we should do away with the old conversations that are full of deceit and lust. The old things have been put away. Behold, all things have become new. So putting off those things. What should we do instead? We should be renewed in the spirit of our mind and put on the new man in righteousness and holiness. God has called us out of the old things and he's called us into righteousness and holiness. How can we walk wisely and understand the will of God? says walk circumspectly. What does that mean? That means to walk carefully, carefully or with exactness so as to best use your time. I'm going to walk in such a way that is exact, that is intentional, thinking about what I'm doing. It's circumspectly. This is the way that I am walking and this will help me understand what is the will of God. I can't just walk anyway. I can't walk in my own carnality. That's not going to help me understand the will of God. What's going to help me is walking circumspectly. When somebody comes and says, Pastor, I want to know what the will of God is, this would be a good thing to ask them. Are you walking circumspectly? Well, what does that mean? I have no clue what that means. That means in your life, are you spending time with God? Is the scripture important to you? Are you meditating? Are you worshiping God in your life? Because if you do those things, you're going to have more success at understanding what the will of God is in your life, decisions you need to make, determinations you need to make. You're going to be more successful if you're walking with exactness. Well, not really, Pastor. My life is an absolute mess. Okay, if your life's an absolute mess, then you're probably going to have a difficult time understanding what the will of God is, which possibly could be why you're coming to me and we're having this conversation. So walk circumspectly. Amen. Be exact. Be careful with the way that you're walking. And it will help you in terms of using uh, your time, redeeming the time, redeeming your time. And then what are some practical things we can do to walk in this way, to walk circumspectly, to walk exactly, carefully? Well, worship and thanks and accountability. Everything that I do in my life, I'm giving honor to God. That's worship. Amen. I'm giving thanks to God in everything. That is worship. And there's accountability in that because in my walking that way, I'm connected to other people. Amen. I'm submitting myself one to another in the fear of God. Worship is not a style of music or a portion of the service. It's a commitment to honor God in all of our words, thoughts, and actions. Amen. So in conclusion here tonight, my summary point really goes to the core of what the title is. These four disciplines, and there are more, fasting would be another discipline, but these four, these four are all correlated. They're very correlated. They're connected. They're interconnected. And these daily connections we should strive to implement into our life. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to be successful in terms of your own mental health. 
your emotional health, your spiritual health. If you're incorporating these things into your life, you're connecting with God, the word of God, you're meditating, you're worshiping every day, you're going to have a clear avenue and path about every single day. I don't care if we're in a pandemic. It's going to make a difference because you're centering yourself, not in Fox News, Drudge Report, Breitbart, CNN, and all this other junk. That's not going to make your day successful or prosperous. Hmm. But if it's centered in these things and we strive to implement those things in our life, amen, we make those things important to us, it's going to, we're going to be blessed. Psalm 1, we are going to be blessed like a tree planted by rivers of water. That's describing ecological growth, trees, water, root system, things that are connected, all of that. Uh, and in that system, there are biological feedback loops. A tree planted here, something is feeding off of the root system there, the water system there, the shade. There's other or, uh, organisms that are connected to that. There's all of these feedback loops that are interconnected. This is the same way spiritually. Jesus said in our last session, Jesus said that you have to be connected to the vine. And he described himself that way in John chapter 15. The believers will be the branches. That is that feedback loop. That's that interconnection. Being connected to the vine provides vital spiritual nutrients necessary for growth. The growth is a mutual growth by which individual and community flourish because they're interconnected. If God's in the center, things are flowing to us. And if they're flowing to us, they're flowing from us to others. It's all interconnected. There have been some that have looked at this kind of uh, feedback loop and understanding in ecology and have noted that none of the various species of plants and flowers and trees and seeds, they don't grow in isolation. They don't grow by themselves somewhere, somewhere in isolation. They grow because they're interconnected. This is one of the reasons why it's very, very clear. You can see when somebody's drawing away from God and they're backsliding because they isolate themselves. You cannot grow in isolation. You have to be interconnected with other people. You have to be connected with the church. You have to be accountable to other people. You can't grow sequestered from other living organisms, other spiritual means. Amen. These are reciprocal biofeedback loops that share nutrients and resources that benefits the entire ecology. It's all interconnected. And this is the statement that I want to leave with you that is very, very profound and impacting. And it's this, your spiritual discipline, incorporating those four things that we've talked about here tonight, those four things, your spiritual discipline benefits other people. You say, oh, I thought I was working on myself. This is a personal development thing. It's interconnected to everything. If I'm centering myself in the scripture, if I'm praying, if I'm, I'm spending time in the scripture, if I'm meditating, and if I'm worshiping, that's going to set me up personally 
to be a help and benefit to everybody else that is around me. Can you imagine if everybody in the church is doing that, you have a spiritual feedback loop that grows, is not stunted, is not isolated. It's not an individual endeavor. It makes you and everyone around you benefit the church and the world. So, It's a personal thing that I have to discipline myself, but indirectly, directly I have to do that, but indirectly I'm going to be, I'm going to have a better attitude, which is going to make me more palatable to the people that are close to me, my family, my friends, my church. These are things that are going to make me successful and prosperous in that endeavor. Amen. We need to pray in conclusion here tonight that we develop these connections to God so as to strengthen others around us. Amen. I know we are, look, the world right now that we live in, there there are so many factors and factions that are striving to drive to disunity, fragmentation, masks or no masks, arguments about that. Racial tensions, discussions about politics. You, you, I'm just, I'm getting to the point where I'm just tired of talking about any of it. And this is where this is so relevant. Drive me in the middle of all this to these things that are, that are going to set me up to help people and to be centered in the current environment and world that I presently live in. Mm. If I do that, my, my mentality is going to be more prosperous. I'm going to be blessed because I'm incorporating these disciplines into my life. Amen. Your spiritual discipline benefits others. And in our world today, we need people that can benefit other people because of what they've implemented in their own personal lives. Amen. We need to pray that God helps us put these foundational elements, these spiritual feedback loops, they're all connected together. Amen. You should be happy at the end of the day if you could say, not how many hours you put in, not how many things you got done, but you could say today was a successful day because I intentionally, I spent some time in prayer, I was able to read the word of God. I was able to meditate. And today I had opportunity to worship God and honor him in everything that I did. You'll lay your head down at night on a pillow and you will be peaceful. Amen. Because these are things that are valuable. Amen. Savior, we thank you and praise you. I pray that you would help each and every one of us live with intention and direction and your ability and your anointing. I pray that you would touch every home. I pray that you would bring strength, and I pray that your word would connect us to you, that we would spend time communicating to you, meditating upon your word, and living our life in worship to you. We honor you, we thank you, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Take some time this week to spend time in prayer, reading the word, meditating, and worshiping God with your life.